0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, greetings and welcome in Monday
1: morning, 609, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2022, 28 degrees in the capital city and... Welcome to another week of LNK today with Jack and friends. It's a Monday morning, and a uh, lot to get into from the weekend. We'll do that here today. We've got uh, John, excuse me. We've got Tim Rusa joining us at eight ten today. We'll get a little Super Bowl talk in there. I'm sure whether you want to talk about the game, the commercials, or halftime. We'll get into to all of that as well. All the news that you uh, missed from the weekend. Uh start out though, I just want to uh say thank you to the Heartland Cancer Foundation, had Caleb and me at their uh event, let us MC it on Saturday night, and that was a uh, another great event. If you ever get a chance to go to that event, it's really fun. Uh Mardi Gras themed. Uh but they had uh Shannon Miller, who was a uh the former, you know, if you remember the ninety six Olympics in Atlanta, it was all about Michael Johnson and Shannon Miller. That the magnificent year. seven. Yeah, and uh, that that gymnastics team, and uh, people maybe don't know that um, she had a cancerous tumor a uh, few, well, it's been about a decade ago now, and uh, had to, of course, have that removed and go through chemotherapy related to that. And so she spoke uh, at the event, and Caleb and I got a chance to talk to her a little bit, hear her speak. She was, uh, she was really good. Um, and uh, we raised a, raised a bunch of money mm-hmm. to help people uh, who are dealing with cancer locally uh, on some of those uh, extra extra treatment expenses, the things like meals and gas and hotel rooms and um, and and all of those things that just make that <clears throat> make that battle more difficult. Uh, so it's a great event. So appreciate uh, appreciate the chance to be out there. If you were uh, if you came up, a lot of you I know came up and talked to us. Appreciate that and good time look by
2: the way looking through pictures my uh my fiance pointed out there is a definitive generational divide
1: oh really
2: between the two of us i'm seeing how's that Gen X clearly had to have the notes printed off, while Millennials were okay just having
1: it on our phone. Oh, you had, you, had, you had your phone up there, and I had the paper up there. Yeah, I still prefer the paper, so I don't have to unlock my phone every second if I don't look up or uh, or or that kind of thing. So, so yeah, that was a uh, that was a good time and uh super bowl last night congrats if you are uh, i don't know any la rams fans really other than bishop yeah
2: it's bishop congratulations the, this to, is bishop's win
1: he he got his uh he got his super bowl which he's had plenty of frankly as a rams fan but nonetheless <laughs> been, they've had quite a few over the last 22 years but congratulations to uh to the la rams uh bum i was bummed for the bengals i was pulling harder for the bengals as the as the game went on last night but there's just got there's a bright connections future there. here yeah I, i'm just you know i'm, I'm i think i'm particularly glad because zach taylor you know how quickly in the nfl uh teams will move on from coaches that aren't getting it done after a year or two maybe even one year and they could have done that with zach taylor they didn't and um now he's i mean he's made himself as as much of an up-and-coming hot coach as anyone in the entire and i mean the the guy across the sideline too probably but (laughs) um but yeah he's he is uh he's he's safe for a while and i think that's cool he's going to be he's going to be doing this for a long time so we're gonna i'm pretty sure we're gonna get other chances to cheer for him in this setting
2: definitely so and then the thing about the way the turnstile works in the nfl is if if something didn't work out in Cincinnati and their, their management decided to make a change, Zach Taylor can go get another head coaching job in the NFL. I right. Expect him to be around over the next couple of decades. Yep. And you look on the other sideline, as you said, we, we talk about the the athletes that are around your age, as you're starting to see where things go. Andrew and Tom Whitworth, and yeah. Tom Brady retired. Sean McVeigh yeah. mid-30s. I know, right? Youngest coach to win a Super Bowl
1: right yeah um <laughs> yeah that's crazy and then he's got you know andrew whitworth the offensive lineman if you don't know who he is he was the the guy who looks like he's in his 40s the offensive lineman because his, <laughs> his beard is the same color as mine uh was up there he is the now after tom brady retired we think whitworth is the last now. last the oldest remaining player in the uh in the mm-hmm. nfl and uh yeah he's uh he, he calls uh sean McVay. uh Hey, kid, <laughs> this is, yeah, the, those young coaches are, they're all over He
2: on walks out, now. yeah, no, son, I think we're going to want to run this.
1: Yeah. I sti- and, okay, now they tell us nice things about Zach Taylor. Can't believe, can't believe they didn't just run it on fourth down. I don't know if I'm being this old man run the ball guy, but, man, you needed a yard. You had two timeouts. Yeah. You got a great kicker. You could have tied the game. Why are you passing on that play? Mm-hmm i mean a yard it was like a, maybe a yard and a half here's not the much thing more than
2: that. when that play happened i was thinking okay in my head for some reason it was third down when they did that i went oh okay just go smash it up the middle now even yeah. though you could have had and i was like oh wait a minute the game's over
1: yeah fourth down that was it
2: right um so yeah that that uh, was a little bit premature i could there. in
1: the moment I was, I was like why are you not running it but anyway well uh, like, I, I on, the, game, though, on the other side game. though
2: the Rams try to run a quarterback sneak at the goal line just give someone else the ball. Well I think they were trying
1: to run a little clock though. I think mm-hmm. I don't think they wanted to score there. I was yelling at the Bengals to let them score at that point. Yeah. So maybe that was that was a part of that. Mark too.
2: what'd you think of the halftime show? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was it not directed at your... Gen-
1: it was closer I wa- to out- I didn't even watch it. Oh, okay. oh man, I was,
3: I was pretty fired up. I was locked I, in. That was that was I, good. My eyes were hurting badly last <laughs> night after Joe Burrow's Joe Gould walked in in his that suit that he <laughs> that had on. outfit.
1: Yeah. Do you think he kept that in his? Uh, I I know in press conferences he wasn't still wearing it, man. But you probably don't wear that. You probably bring something else in case you lose. No. It he,
3: kinda, he, it reports are he wore it, it after he the
1: game. You wore it too. afterwards. I didn't know if you bring an alternate losing outfit and an alternate winning outfit if that happens. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of interesting discussions of that um, uh, descriptions of what that <laughs> outfit looked like. What was it? A gritty version of Jim Carrey and the mask. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> just they were all there were. That was something. metallic striped.
0: Suit.
1: How is it that he has become? That he's got. Is it just because he's kind of goofy? He like pulls off this cockiness that nobody really believes is real or uh-huh. something. You know, they asked him last week if he was wearing the. He was wearing that necklace. It was like a Nike swoosh, and they asked him if it was real. He's like, I make too much. I make money too much money for, it for that. To be not fake. to be real, yeah. and like uh, certain players would say that. And you'd be like, oh man, that you know. But for him, it's just like. We don't really believe you. Well,
2: like, like, the thing is, though, like when he does that, he's he's kind of backed it up since his last year at LSU. Yeah, so so he can he's kind of walking the walk with all the talking the talk. Now he he obviously got a little bit of a pass last year because he got he got injured, but he was playing well and everything that he did this year until things go horribly wrong. You get to be the guy that's allowed to do that,
1: right? Well, and, and and then there was the article. Yes, Joe Burrow has always been cool, just as his grandpa, a farmer in Southeast Nebraska. <laughs> and he's got uh, all these these roots here in this
3: area from family and and. Oh, we know. Well. We, so, we okay, know. Uh, yeah, okay. you're right. We know. <laughs> all
1: right, what else do we have uh, going well, on?
3: S- Simple's got a pretty uh, extensive article on Zach Taylor this morning. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Journal Star, pretty good article. Cool. Uh, what else we have going on from the weekend, Mark? Mm, not much. Okay. All right. Well. Regents on Friday approved the alcohol sales for uh the wrestling tournament. All right. So you can have a beer while you watch your
1: wrestling uh with the Big Ten Championships coming here to Lincoln. So that'll be I guess the the test run, although I don't know why you need a test run for a sporting event at Pinnacle Bank or, like that's I don't know. I don't know what that tells you that you didn't know already for if it would work or would not work at basketball.
3: I don't think it's much about whether or not it will work. It's is it worth it? Is there enough?
1: That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. That that probably makes sense. But still, it's just such a different event than a basketball basketball game, which I guess would be the apples to sort of apples comparison about because it's in the same venue as that would be at at pinnacle bank arena but
2: and of course the big um, one is is baseball at haymarket park which is obviously set up because um you've got the other team that plays there the rest of the summer that is a an environment that you just sit with a drink in your hand Mm -hmm. while you take in the game
3: and the other thing i mean this is a a a big 10 tournament i mean it's it's more than just one team or one competitor in for a game right yeah, oh the,
2: yeah, when those, when those Iowa fans come in, that will tell you that you will run out of bush light.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, w-
1: w- Wisconsin <laughs> and Iowa, you almost have to do this for Wisconsin and Iowa fans to uh, get in here, and I guess we can't say anything bad about Iowa after this weekend. Oh boy, I got nothing. I got nothing on men's basketball. Just move on. I'm looking forward to women's basketball tonight. I can not say that much. Yes. And I'm looking forward to, uh, Caleb and I are going to watch some women's hockey here in about... Forty minutes as well as uh, got the two going. man bobsled going right now. Yeah, that looks. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. That looks pretty fun. the 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 whole bobsled. Uh, although the guy in the front, because the person in the back, the guy or the gal, I don't know which which gender this is, but well, person in the it's, back it's has to man. put their head down. They don't even get to see anything until they break at the very end, and that's it.
3: All right. What?
1: Uh, okay, so yeah, all right. Well, not not a real not a real news heavy weekend. No, I mean, pretty quiet. I mean, I guess we could go to the national
3: international yeah. stuff. They're uh, they're telling uh, Americans to get out of Ukraine now. Telling, uh, yeah, right. And now you can get out of Canada again. Uh, you know. Oh, is it, the bridge clear? Yeah, they cleared it about eleven o'clock last night. The, okay. Uh, what is it, the Ambassador Bridge? I believe it is between Detroit and Windsor.
1: They were worried about the impact on uh, getting car parts and those oh, yeah. sorts
3: of things there and how much that was going to affect the car industry it, in both it affected it quite a bit a lot of shifts were shut down uh across multiple um automakers last week uh and but here again how long is it going to take to to ramp back up yeah just because know. the bridge is open doesn't mean you start a, a an automobile shift again
1: right yeah so yeah that's kind of the that was kind of the big national u.s canada story this week and, and then, then and uh, then like i said about about ukraine it's the the tone changed precipitously yes it did this weekend from the united states the state department when they were talking about potential of americans st- that are still in ukraine right now and just saying
3: time to get out of there and then the durham probe uh the uh, clinton trump issues with uh, you know hacking them and, and all of that made some pretty big progress over the weekend uh looks like some indictments are likely now that the, campaign, uh, the Clinton campaign actually did hack into Trump Towers and even uh, some of the White House, the executive office of the president. At least that's the indications. So. All right. We'll see where that goes.
1: We'll see where that goes. We'll see where January 6th commission goes. It's all fun. I'm really glad I brought national news up. Great. <laughs> yeah. <Your time>. Thanks. <laughs> really excited about that. Very good, uh, weather looks good for this week again, especially tomorrow. We got another day in the uh, in the sixties tomorrow. Isn't
3: it time to have baseball outside yeah. in this
1: weather? That's the thing that's going to happen. Nebraska baseball is going to basically play out of town for almost a almost a month, mm-hmm. and there'll probably be a bunch of games, times they could have easily played here in Lincoln. And right, when, then, they right when they come do come that's when it's going to get cold. Even if it's not cold, it'll be rainy oh. at that point. Which, well, we need we, the rain. We need the rain. I know, I know we need the rain. Well, Bolt, and, Bolt said last
2: week he thinks, even going back to his playing days, this is the most that Nebraska baseball has ever had preseason practices outside.
1: Well, that's, I was going to say there have been years when they literally have not played outside at all. No. Um, uh, And I remember last year, random story, but it would have been the week or so before their first game. I can't remember where they went last year but there was snow on the ground everywhere and my son and i we were getting ready for his baseball season and they had just finished the improvements during the pandemic mm-hmm. of den hartog over there by seacrest field they put in turf and everything and yeah. it was about february we were trying to get in the like in the baseball movies like let's go over there and check that that field out and see what it's like We'd drive over there. there's a bunch of cars there we're like what in the heck is going on brass baseball team was practicing yeah over there probably because the field was more usable than mm-hmm. whatever haymarket park was condition was wasn't the that first
2: game, didn't they one of their first ones play at like minnesota
1: oh yeah they played in that viking stadium yeah. that was during the boys state baseball <laughs> yeah tournament. that was yeah that the, and i think so the softball weird. team played
2: there this weekend
1: uh yeah. no they played at the unidome oh was it the unidome okay i saw them playing on a football field i so. called a football
2: game there and i was like oh that's pretty cool and then i was trying to get through my head nate roar calling softball yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, and, and and as for the weather, guys, there was some talk about a storm system moving through here during the middle of the week. Um, it looks here we go again with this, but it looks like it's gonna miss us to the south and east gonna be a little cooler. and by that, I mean like a high of 28 on Thursday, a low of 16. <laughs> like I mean
2: so the te- the temperatures have remained like for the most part slightly warmer than than seasonal than, than what they'd normally be. We just don't
1: have the precipitation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, the rest of it, that's the low point of the whole week, though. I mean, tomorrow, 62. Wednesday, 37. Thursday, the low point, 28. And then Friday, 58. Saturday, 58. Sunday, 62. Guys, it's, I don't... Is it going to... Are we just going to skip winter? Is it not going to happen? I mean, it's going to have to... It At some point, that gets us to the 21st of February. So maybe it'll be in March. It's spring. 624... You're listening to News and Talk, 14993-KLIN.
0: Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 14993-KLIN. 27
1: degrees on your Monday morning. Valentine's Day. Hopefully we got everybody in the mood for Valentine's Day on Friday with request line Friday. Had a lot of fun with uh, with that. Heads up, though, real quick, and and uh, we may have to touch on this a little bit more on the show. Uh, but scheduling note: Thursday is going to be our our last our our, our season finale of the uh, Generation Collaboration. OK, it's not going away forever, but we're the end of season one, the, the end of season one. And so uh, big chance. We'll see uh, if uh, Gen X or Millennials or, or Boomers can can win season one. And uh, then we'll get back to some of our other games for Ticket Thursday, uh, which, by the way, I did find out after I stomped my foot and threw things upstairs in the boss's office that we will uh, have uh, baseball tickets. Yes. This year. So we're going to be giving baseball tickets to home baseball games away on Ticket Thursday, in addition to to concerts and, I guess, cookies and wh- whatever stuff. whatever else. So uh, we're going to add those. So be listening to those for those uh, coming forward. And then we have a also a one-week hiatus from Request Line Friday this week. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know how wildly popular it is, but so is Munch Madness. And we have to make our selections munch madness okay first up, just up
2: friday and friday, friday in general is going to be very very full because we're going to have from six to nine here we're going to have the munch madness selection show yes absolute chaos for three hours yes men's basketball that evening hosting maryland's second to last home game baseball begins their season six o'clock pregame 6 30 first pitch because of where basketball is and they're wrapping up their season, baseball will be over on The Bone. Okay,
1: we're going to get a lot of questions on that because I don't believe it's televised anywhere. So no. be uh, go over to 105.3 FM uh, and you can listen to The Bone and uh, hear some Husker baseball on Friday. And then back here on Saturday, correct?
2: Yes, right okay. back here for uh, that right. doubleheader.
1: So, uh, but, but back to Munch Madness, by the way, which is presented this year by the University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. Um, Friday is is the selection day. If you don't know how that works, it basically is we get as many people in here to help us, and we monitor your texts, calls, emails, uh, messenger messages, faxes, carrier pigeon letters. If you need to send a letter, get that in now. Get in the, ma- get it so, in the so mail so we can now open the mail for Friday. the restaurants that you you <laughs> you get. You just uh, tell us the restaurants you want to see in the field of sixty four, and we have a. Somewhat scientific uh, uh, method of compiling them, getting a good, trying to get a good sense of where the support is for the different restaurants. And uh, by the end of the day on Friday, we will have a bracket. Of we, we've got our
3: uh,
2: Dominion machines ready to go. Oh wow!
1: I thought we. Yeah, I already regretted <laughs> once. I already regretted this once during the show. Let's not. Let's not do it twice. We well, can so make it work. That'll it's be Friday. Fine. That'll be Friday. I, but yeah, I will. I. Uh, this is not. Uh, it's a it's a is a combination of objectivity subjectivity uh, you know just some kind of guesstimates to to be honest about who but we'll be we'll we'll be clear about how it's working during the course of the of the show I just don't want people to think, well, how many votes did this one have compared to how many votes did this one have? That's, That's not just, 100% not how, quite it works. how it works. It's a lo- a lot the, of it at times there's kind of a secret sauce that goes into
2: Sometimes it. it's it's momentum. Yeah. It, it, early momentum, late momentum. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um yeah. So there you go. Uh and uh, I believe we are we have decided that we all Get an exemption for a restaurant, too. Oh, yeah, sponsor's exemption.
2: And that means this year, because uh, we're going to have Maria in here helping with some of it. She
1: can, uh, yeah. She's going to get a sponsor's exemption. Maria on the air with us on Friday. That'll be fun. Uh, All right. Should we do some sound off? Let's Let's do do it. Let's do some sound off. I told you it sounded like the rhetoric has changed over the last 48, 72 hours from the State Department. When it comes to Ukraine, uh, it looks like they are expecting something to happen very, very soon.
2: The warnings from the White House have grown more urgent over the past 48 hours here that Russia could invade Ukraine over the next couple of days. The tone coming, though, from the White House is much different from what we're hearing from the Ukrainian government. The president, President Biden, speaking with the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, Zelensky is urging calm and says Ukraine's biggest enemy is panic white house officials say he and president biden are speaking this morning as russian forces essentially surround ukraine the biden administration has been sharing more u.s intelligence about russia's buildup that it claims shows a very credible threat of an invasion
1: soon yeah i mean they they feel like they they know some. they feel like they know something now i'm sorry caleb i'm trying to talk about major <laughs> geopolitical <laughs> events and caleb is doing a fist pump because he got his wordle <laughs> thank you thanks for engaging in the show I'm today th- good job well it looks like it took you five cha- five turns though it's not that good i did
2: narrow it in whatever we get sick <laughs> what, what's going on blah 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 yeah it's fun well, i don't
1: know <laughs> i mean maybe world war three is gonna start but i hope you get that done first you know well this will at least keep me happy <laughs> I I just it, it it they seem to be very certain that something is coming. Now I believe the uh I don't think it was in this clip but I believe the German uh prime minister uh is going to be going to Moscow uh-huh. and sitting with Putin. Now, Putin had a call with Biden again a couple of days ago but yeah, who's the, the German the prime German minister? German prime now? minister. I was afraid you were going to It's not Merkel, it's the new one. Yeah, next it's not one. Angela. It's the new one. Um, but uh, the, the Germany's got Germany's got an interesting sort of place in this whole thing, because unlike some of the other EU um, NATO nations, they I, I think they're so I, I Olaf Schultz, 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 they're so reliant on some of those natural gas resources mm-hmm. from Russia that they have been a little bit. Uh, I think a little bit quieter, maybe than yeah. some of the their counterparts counterparts, I should say, in in the EU. So we'll see what comes out of mm-hmm. that. But boy, it it sure sounds like everything. And the again, for whatever reason, there was this thought that there's a good chance it happens during the Olympics. Well, well this is the last is the last week of the Olympics. So
2: that's that's been kind of the the playbook, though, is right. when the Olympics are going on and there's all of the kind of the world's eyes are on one event. You kind of do that, and people yeah. try to say, "Oh, don't do that," but you kind of get away
1: with it right so anyway uh it's gonna it feels like that is something that become could become a major major story here uh over the course of the next few days, maybe even even hours uh back here in the United States, maybe we uh have a little bit of, of a better idea, some some names when it comes to Supreme Court nominees as the president is going to begin sitting down with them.
4: President Biden could begin interviewing a short list of Supreme Court contenders this week, White House Press Secretary Jin Psaki says.
0: The interview process for any president typically happens very late in the process. Um, and uh, in terms of the specific number, I'm just not going to get into that level of detail. I'm here
4: president told nbc news last week he had done a deep dive on about four potential nominees he has promised to nominate the first black woman to the supreme court and intends to name his pick by
1: the end of the
4: month jared halpern fox
1: news so maybe we have uh do do you remember when it was uh when trump nominated gorsuch and they sort of it it, they, they had Gorsuch and I—I I forget the other name, but they had basically narrowed it down to two, mm-hmm. and it was like they—they they sort of rode the drama all the way up to the announcement about which one was actually going to be there yeah. and, and who it was going to be. I told I—I had, I had forgotten about that. I don't think they quite did that the same way with with Kavanaugh. No, and no, that no, no, they did, the- Or or. Uh, uh amy coney barrett but but that very first one it it felt it almost felt like an episode of the bachelor yes it it was it
2: was very much kind of the the made for tv you have
1: to tune in to
2: see who it's gonna be i remember they they
1: had they had made somebody in their graphic design had made like both of these things like this or him or him it felt like uh uh yeah i don't anyway memories Memories of uh, mems, mems of uh, previous SCOTUS nominations. Uh, A flight going cross-country landed not far from us down in Kansas City yesterday, and it was because there was a very. very, We've heard about unruly passengers. This one took it to a new level yeah. yesterday.
4: Passengers and flight attendants had to subdue an unruly passenger Sunday after he reportedly tried to open a plane door and get in the cockpit. The flight from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. was diverted to Kansas City. A passenger describing the chaotic scene said the plane descended very rapidly and that a flight attendant grabbed a coffee pot to bash the guy in the head. The FBI and other law enforcement agencies were waiting for the unruly man when the plane landed, the FBI not commenting. Chris Dimeo Fox News So
1: you re, this was the first thing I read like three different stories about this thing uh-huh. yesterday the, this flight attendant runs back gets a coffee pot comes back forward bashes this guy in the head he's bleeding everywhere you've got uh, four men who are in the in the just passengers on the plane basically were subduing this person who was trying to get into the cockpit why we don't know there, there hasn't. There's video that's out there now of police coming on as soon as they landed in Kansas City and escorting this passenger off. But I haven't seen any actual. I can't imagine. Everybody videotapes everything now, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm surprised there hasn't been more video that has popped up of the flight attendant running and bashing this, uh, this person in the head or the rest of the players. Excuse me, players, uh, passengers who are uh, trying to trying to subdue him. But crazy oh, scene. Yeah. crazy scene in in that whole thing. Um little vaccine news for those who were hoping to get their very young ones vaccinated uh, as as soon as they can, you uh, looks like you're going to have to wait a little longer that approval of the Pfizer young children's vaccine has been slowed.
4: This is the last group about 18 million children ages five and under awaiting vaccine approval. And this latest decision from the FDA likely means their parents will have to wait until at least April or even May to get those kids their first dose. Uh, now, the initial thinking among federal health officials was that child-sized doses of the vaccines would uh, likely be approved as a two-shot regimen while uh, ongoing studies would later determine whether an additional dose was necessary. That came to a halt on Thursday when Pfizer asked for a delay after its own data revealed the Omicron surge had caused a higher rate of infection among its young trial participants than previously
1: recorded. Yeah, so postpone. Uh, I know you've got a, a young one under five here. Uh, that, so. that,
2: yeah, that's a discussion. That I know you guys obviously had that discussion when it was um, evaluated for those that were 16 and under and. Um, where that's at yeah that is uh that's where we're at right now with a 15 month old
1: right and, and it sounds like the big they they're trying to figure out it's it's not necessarily that they're finding out a problematic response it's I'm but the thing that this sounds like is they want to do more research on whether it's the two shots or, or, or the th- if one or the, the three. One is three. effective, or yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Whether it's two or three mm-hmm. on on this whole thing, and so that's going to give them some time to receive updated data on the two versus three dose regimen. Have you know the the public discussion? Is Johnson and Johnson
2: even doing anything still? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know over they. <laughs> We were pretty excited about Johnson & Johnson Man, about this like, time last year. I feel remember like that? we got,
2: like, the the rogue vaccine yeah. and all of this. Exactly. <laughs> we're we're going to come out looking like X-Men before
1: this right. is all done. But I, I think the concern is that for especially the older kids in that age range, mm-hmm. that the two is not going to have the, the results that they're looking right. for. And they're worried that they're going to – people will be, you know um, – People will think they're fully vaccinated and they're not essentially. Right. I'm trying to explain this without taking a controversial position on it. <laughs> anyway, just want people to know. Hey, this is so we've we've heard about all the uh, you know the trucker protest in the bridge and 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 that whole sort of thing. Um, actually, Johnson and Johnson was the one vaccine did the not that did not turn you into a mutant. <laughs> I got got that going for us. Thank you, Jason. (laughs) Awesome. They they had these inspired protests based on on the truckers and the bridge and the Canada and all that thing. But in New Zealand, they had one of these, and it turned into a battle of bad music. Oh, no. I'll just have to let uh, let Laura Cantor explain.
4: Inspired by the Canadian truckers' protest of vaccine mandates, protesters in New Zealand have been stationed on Parliament's grassy grounds since Tuesday. Attempts to disperse the protesters, including turning on sprinklers, have failed. The AP reporting Saturday that Parliament Speaker Trevor Mallard devised a plan to get rid of the protesters once and for all by playing vaccine messages, old Barry Manilow songs, and the 1990s hit Macarena on a sound system on a repeat loop. The plan did not work. However, protesters reacted by playing their own songs, including the Twisted Sister anthem "We're Not Gonna Take It." Laura Cantor, Fox News. Does
1: uh, is, is Barry Manilow thought of that lowly in New Zealand? That that's early. Ouch. Barry Manilow is punishment music, really. Ouch, Mandy. I mean, I mean <laughs> at the Copa. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I mean, from judging from. Uh, Parents your age right now, the thing to play there would be Encanto. No, we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> I still haven't heard much of it, but it sounds like it has completely taken the spot Frozen did in my life about nine years ago.
2: I'm not tired of it yet.
1: Okay. Okay,
2: good. I leave the yet on there as a maybe
1: going forward. But <laughs> at, but we're, At, like, at like, some point, it definitely did happen with me and Frozen and whenever that was, 2013-ish.
2: As a matter of fact, the uh, the We Don't Talk About Bruno showed up, uh, it was playing on my my radio when I was driving around the other day. Really?
1: And I was like, hey, on yeah, right? let's pump this. Um, uh, this is a big update. You guys are going to want to hear this. We talked about FDA approvals of vaccines, but obviously we know some of the government agency are doing a lot more important work, and that is what exactly constitutes French dressing. And this has been something that the, it's called like the Commission on Sauces or something. <laughs> And salsas has been dealing with. Oh, I
2: thought you were talking about like a
1: beret. No. No, not uh, the different French dressing. No, the French, the stuff you put on your salad. Good. Okay. The
4: FDA said last month it is revoking or dropping the standard required for French dressing. The Association for Dressings and Sauces, which has been around for nearly a century, has been petitioning the FDA for more than two decades on this, saying the standard is outdated. Other foods which have to adhere to FDA standards of identity include bread, certain cheeses, fruit jams, certain vegetable and fruit juices, and some types of chocolate. The standard for French French dressing required it have a certain amount of oil, acidifying ingredients, and seasoning. Though many consumers expect French dressing to have a reddish color and often tomato-based ingredients, which were not required. The final rule on this goes into effect today. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox oh, wow. News.
1: So basically, anything can be passed off as French dressing now. Yeah. I mean, you got a uh, you got a jug of Kool Aid. Well, it looks like French dressing to me. This is a slippery slope.
2: I prefer my freedom dressing,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: sir. <laughs> You call it what well, you can call anything French dressing <laughs> now. Do they call Dorothy Lynch French dressing now? I, I Is suppose. Dorothy Lynch a cousin of French dressing? Like an American cousin of French dressing? Might be. I don't know. I don't think I've had French dressing in the last since the eighties. Back when nobody nobody had ranch and your your the dressings they brought out to your table were like French, Russian, and Thousand Island. Uh, according
2: tel- to Dorothy Lynch, no. Oh, okay. They they answer it on their own. Page. Oh, they do. What What do they say? Um, they have their their question says, "Is Dorothy Lynch a French style dressing?" No, most French style dressings are oil based. Well, that- Dorothy Lynch home style Until and, today, light, and lean dressings
1: are th- tomato. based That's what I'm saying. Until today. Yeah, I think Dorothy <laughs> Lynch may have just become French. With the FDA broadening the definition of French dressing, we oui, wee, oui, Dorothy. <laughs> it's uh six, or t- 6 we'll take a break it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on
0: KLIN s'il vous plaît Monster. you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN
1: just got a uh just got a text from Craig helping us out on the uh on the French dressing question, which this is what I was thinking, so I'm glad he sort of confirmed it. He said in the seventies we used French dressing. It looked and tasted like Dorothy Lynch to me. I can't remember the brand name. I'd like to use Mark as a lifeline on this. Was it that wishbone stuff? I always see Wishbone in the grocery store, and that always reminds me of uh less seventies and more like eighties salad dressing dressing, so So there you go. We'll Guess see. it's not gonna be like Dorothy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Jason says Catalina dressing. Does that, yeah, Cat, is Catalina, I associate that as the same thing as as French. But again, you know, the FDA just letting everything go right now. They're too busy with the vaccines and just saying, you want to call it French mixer. dressing? Uh, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> 7 o'clock, KLA and Lincoln. From the- All right, 7 Eleven LNK today with Jack and Friends on February 4th, 2022. Glad to have you back with us. Right now in the capital city, 27 degrees, but 60s tomorrow. I say colder Wednesday and Thursday, but like decent days for February. The low is only going to be 14 Wednesday night, 16 Thursday night. And so we're talking high 20s, mid 30s. Uh, so not bad. T-shirt and, then, weather. and then 50s and 60s again for the weekend. So uh, that if that cold snap is that I keep anticipating is coming that actual cold snap that lasts more than uh, 36 hours it's going to have to come pretty soon we're starting to <laughs> we're starting to run out of clock to really get hit by that and i don't discount the chance that of course you have a a march you know one of those march wet snowstorms and that could certainly happen but in, in all seriousness we're 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 running out of chances for that extended cold that we at least i keep thinking we are going to get how many times did i say on this show caleb we're going to get crushed in february crushed by wonderful weather well yeah wonderful except not not enough moisture
2: but that's the way it kept it kept looking so now it's like okay is is march is it going to just go
1: at what point in the calendar do we say it's not happening it's not happening this year, uh, uh, the because it looked like when, this Wednesday and Thursday, when it cools off, that uh, winter storm system would be associated with that, but they've moved that thing to the south and east now, mm-hmm. um, and so other parts of the country are going to be dealing with that, and you're uh, not going to get much moisture. I, I, I'm honestly you're to the point now where if you're going to get some significant moisture, it's going to come in, a, it feels like it's going to come in like a spring rain type situation. Yeah. Remember, we had that like 10th of an inch uh-huh. on Thursday night something like that and it smelled like spring outside that's more likely what you're gonna uh what you're gonna see here and with having
2: point. these these warmer temperatures there there that leaves the possibility for some severe weather when you have the precipitation Correct. and yeah. um, so we're always we're always watching that here um but the like the further you kind of push some of that that possible winter weather back mm-hmm. that gets me concerned that in a month you've got the Big Ten Wrestling Championships are going to yep. be here in Lincoln. What's traveling across the Great Plains of the Midwest going to look like for that? You're going to have the boys and girls state basketball yeah. tournaments over, what, like five days all together, five, six days, right here in Lincoln. And we've seen what that's looked like in the past with some of the travel for folks, especially right. coming from the panhandle where there'll be this giant, like, statewide snowstorm. Right. Yeah. And, and just trying it, to get people here. It feels
1: here. like, yeah, that. That,
2: that we're setting ourselves we're setting, up for that. That we are. We um, are. But again, and then you if get into no, the spring season. There's going to be baseball going on in track right. and field and all the outdoor stuff. But if stuff. there's
1: no, you know, eight day period of below zero temps, which I, I honestly don't know how that can even. That's just almost out of the picture when you look at the right. The extended forecast takes us, you know, fifties all the way till there are six days left in the week, or excuse me, in the month. Um, it's it's looking. That's very. That's a lot mm-hmm. less likely to happen. Once but you anything in
2: March. is possible. Like it's. When you talk about what's likely and what's unlikely, you were just telling me during the break you were getting caught up on YouTube for the men's basketball game yesterday. (laughs) With like 11 minutes left, you're like, I think things are going okay. And then your son showed you what the actual score was, right? and you said, there's no way that's possible.
1: I, I, I for some reason, thought the game started at 2. We went to the Home and Garden show, got home. And on the YouTube TV, for people who don't know if you have that as your, quote, cable provider... It allows you, if you go into a game that's already started, you can either join at the beginning, start it over, you can join live, or you can, quote, catch up through key plays. I keep saying quote, but you can catch up through key plays, and they'll just show you. And I was like, okay, that will be a good way to get me caught up. I didn't know the score. I didn't know that it had been going. So like, I'll watch that, and it's like a Nebraska dunk, a Nebraska three. It's like a steal. <laughs> and then I called my son, and then they got to a, a highlight where there was like 11 minutes left in the first half, and I was like, I said my son, I was like, come down here i was like we're winning this game it's looking good and he had his phone out and he's like dad we're down by like 40 i'm like that cannot be right i was like look right here is it's it's i can't remember what it was but it was like 11 minutes left and it was sixteen, thirteen 13 nebraska and they had the ball is like they would have to score out score nebraska for the rest of this half like 42 to 10 for your that score to be right you must have <laughs> something wrong on there he spoiler alert he did not have something wrong on there <laughs> Um, but anyway, I, I did want to get, get to this because I'll be honest. Some of, the, some of the Mondays when we're going over the things that we want to talk about, uh, in terms of local news, uh, eh, can be a little, little bit slow and, and that's fine. But if you look at the days ahead, if you look at the next, let's say week and a half mm-hmm. here in February, uh, or even if you want to call it the last half of February, man, there is going to be a lot of stuff decided over the course so i mean just just to give you an 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 idea um you're gonna have i believe it's today that the city council is going to vote on the fairness ordinance Mm -hmm. okay so after after kind of a story on this thing that began a decade ago you are going to have a vote on that i've said this on the show I, i don't haven't really changed my mind on that i would be surprised if it wasn't Either unanimous if it didn't pass very overwhelmingly, perhaps unanimously, and and signed by the mayor. And Then the ensuing question then becomes: Is there another signature slash ballot drive that comes as a result of that? I don't have the answer to that yet. But you're going to be a, a day into this week, and you're going to have that. Okay. So number one, you're uh, what ten days, nine days away from the school board. Uh, I believe going to make their decision on the superintendent. That's uh, February 22nd, and so you've got that yeah. coming up in the next eight days, and you find out most likely next week who the school board pick is between the four candidates, which it's always interesting with these. I, I find it fascinating with these school board uh, positions because it's you know it's got to be a transparent process, and they've got to be vetted publicly. What is it like in – and I'm sure there are other comparable job situations like this – but they're just not quite as public. When you're still doing your old job, right, and you're very publicly going somewhere else and interviewing and going through yeah. the whole process for this job, of course that happens in other places. But it's usually it's usually kept a little bit more quiet, even if the employer does know.
2: Is it a little bit? Because right now you've got um, state senators going through the legislative session. And some that are very clearly running for a different office. Yeah. So like there, it's a little bit like kind that of. with how how public it is, but but, but that's because when when you're doing with the at least the political offices, you know when there's elections. When it's something like what's going on with with the yeah, school but, board, where you have to go through all of those interviews, that is very
1: three of the, there are going to be superintendents who return to a school district after this having not gotten the job. Yeah. And then how do their like what, do what's their the reaction view, locally? Yeah, how do after their that happens?
2: view that when they come back and that contract is up? Is well, do we want to retain this person? Or right. do
1: we go through our own search, and probably because of the scarcity of people for that job, it may be, um, you know, likely that it doesn't change anything. But I just find that I find that to be a, yeah. a fascinating dynamic, and. And Lincoln, I'm sure, at especially some point, at
2: very good good school districts, right? Like like LPS is very Carney, a uh, very good school district in central Nebraska. They just hired a new superintendent right, too. So right. when you're looking sort at of Millard, yeah. So when you're looking at There's the a- no. the availability yeah. of one good school districts and then good superintendents to go to yeah. those school districts, and you have multiple hiring at the same time, it's a little bit like like college athletics when you have multiple openings at some of your top schools. There's only so much good talent to go around
1: and then the other thing we should know in about that same time period is what happens with the mask mandate Mm -hmm. now we got another this week uh, uh, i don't think there'll be any change or any announcement on a change this week but the week after you come up on when it ends it ends on the 25th or it has to be renewed Mm -hmm. after february 25th they extended it for two more weeks and so i would expect at the beginning of next week you have it either extended uh, or canceled at that point and i'm kind of of the the thought that it'll probably be canceled at that point we'll see if that actually happens but i mean i'll i'll tell you this you've gotten to the point again i think caleb with the mask mandate and so many places that you go it is the same (laughs) whether it's on or off yeah with the mask mandate it's 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 and i remember when they first took it away in whenever that was in in december they took it away and that was the, my first thought i was like yeah you know kind of feels kind of feels about the same a little ha- maybe half or a little over half people ma- but then again like i went to the home and garden show and i, I wore a mask there i'm telling you what i bet i don't know 15 percent of people yeah. were at that point and i was like okay well i mean it's not
2: well, I think what you have I mean, is you, you have the people that are that are going to mask because they want to mask. You have the people that are not going to mask because they don't want to mask. And then there is a sliver, a sliver of the population who's that, the, that will mask because there's a mandate. If there was not a mandate, they wouldn't mask. Pro-
1: I'm probably in that sliver. <laughs> that's probably where I am mm-hmm.
3: with, but I think, with that think But thing. for
2: most people, I think it's if they don't want to wear one, they're not. There's not really any enforcement. If they do want to wear one, whether there's a mandate or not, they are going to.
1: Yeah. It is uh it, it 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 Tom says the Super Bowl montage of crowd showed a lot of masks. Yeah, in LA I'm yeah. I'm, well the I'm montage may have, but
2: from watching it and <laughs> actually looking at the crowd and especially right. a lot of the celebrity boxes,
1: no. <laughs> um yeah, it's uh I think it's time again here. Uh to Oh, Tom
2: look. says it didn't, that's the joke. Oh, it didn't. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, cool. Gotcha. Well that yeah.
1: didn't land. Gotcha. I think it's time it's it's uh time to and I'm sure you'll you know reevaluate if things change hopefully they're not changing and going way back up again with this whole thing but man, would I love for this discussion to just go away for a while <laughs> i really i really would like that well um, you so.
2: you remember just talking about the the omicron variant and if The case numbers followed the way they were in all these other places where you had the surge and it was looking like
1: six weeks. Right. End of February.
2: Well, the first ones we started to see were at the end of December. We're we're here in that six weeks. So we're in that six to eight right now.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think I I had said when I sort of just looked at the curve in other places and how long it lasted, we projected that the downturn would probably start at the beginning of February and Mm -hmm. it would probably get to the pre omicron so like december 10th yeah levels around the end of february and mm-hmm. i think it will be so i mean so yeah you talk about this on this monday morning maybe not a lot happening but in legit 10 days 10 days time you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna know uh who the new, next superintendent is gonna be what's gonna happen uh, at least the city council mayor's level with the fairness ordinance you're gonna know what's gonna be happening with the mask mandate um yeah uh, there's there's a lot out there right now over the course mm-hmm. of the next couple of weeks it's going to obviously uh be very impactful on on the future but got got a new yardstick there at the Home and Garden show Did you? Yeah. Uh,
2: at first my daughter was what, like what, my, what are you measuring specifically in I yards? have no idea.
1: I I, I have no <laughs> idea what we're going to use it for. There are very few times I need a, what I a tape measure doesn't work better than a yardstick. I'm sure there are a few out there but it was funny my, my we told my daughter we were gonna go, and she was like, "Uh," and, and we we're like, "She's like, that doesn't sound very fun." Like, bunch of free stuff there. She's like, "Okay." <laughs> we man. come home with so many pens and frisbees mm-hmm. and magnets, and I'll tell you what—they uh, know how to market there. Yeah, <laughs> they know how to market cool. there. All right, it's 724. We'll take a break. It's LNK
0: Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, it's a Monday morning and it is time to count them down. So let's get started with... Number five.
3: Well, according to USA Today's ad meter, last night's big winner was Rocket Mortgage on the Super Bowl. They used Anna Kendrick to corral voters and claim the top spot for Super Bowl 56 with a commercial titled Dream House. Kendrick and a cadre of kids helped Barbie settle on her forever home. 62nd spot, eight figure investment. Ad rates went from six and a half to seven million for a 30. Scored a 6.82 rating on a 10 point scale. Uh, Amazon's Mind Reader was uh, in second place, scoring a 6.78 at meters in its 34th year. Ranks those commercials with panelists, and it is, again, on a 1 to 10 scale. So... Two years in a row. I must have been getting snacks during
1: the Barbie one with Anna Kendrick. I don't remember yeah. that.
2: It was it was enjoyable. And then at the end, they say that there's a there's another um, property available, and it's uh, Castle Grace Graysk- or it's Grey School, and you've got He Man there. And
1: oh, okay, cute. Very so nice. it, it was it was enjoyable. Um, the let's see the the number two, I thought that Amazon one that was one of my favorite ones. Well, with... the
2: problem. With... With some of these, is I'd already been seeing them on TV, and I with the Amazon one, I'd seen parts of it, and obviously you saw the whole thing put together for the Super Bowl. It, I mean, I still liked it, but
1: I liked the uh, I liked the Austin Powers one. Mm-hmm. That was good again, catering my generation there on that thing. I actually thought my very favorite was the Larry David one, <laughs> for FTA, where he's ruining moments in history. Yeah, did you see that one? Yes. That, to me, that was the best. I but thought you would have been all even, over the
2: uh, the Bud Light Seltzer with five. Guy
1: Fieri. That was hilarious. So I, I that was good too. <laughs> that would have been in in my top 5 as well. Um I like the Bookings.com
2: with I, Idris Elba. Yep. But I again, I'd already seen them before the Super Bowl.
1: The Seth Rogen Paul Rudd one with the uh, with like the the zombies so and So the stuff. yeah,
2: the memories know. part was I was like, okay, cool, I'm in on this, and all of a sudden, like, there's the zombie ghost lady. and Oops, sorry, that's me. Hold on, what, I'm using are this. You doing? sorry, I was I
1: was watching another one. Okay, there. and they brought Jim Jim uh, Carry back as the cable, cable guy, guy too. Not Larry the cable guy. Mm-hmm. The cable guy, the the movie. Uh, I don't know. I had bad timing when I left because there's always that difficulty when you're watching the Super Bowl. And and we had my we had some some family over and we were watching it. It's like we had the food upstairs, had a TV on up there, but like where do you time it? And I thought I had timed it after the halftime show. Uh-huh. You know, went up to to get more food, refill my drink, and and that kind. Of, I thought that was a a good time to do it. And I took a little longer up there than I had planned to. And I hear everybody going nuts downstairs, and the Bengals scored a touchdown immediately. Yeah, I missed. Uh- <laughs> I missed like the like the biggest play of the game, and then all of a sudden they get a turnover
2: right away. Just twenty two seconds of magic. Yeah, and for I, Cincinnati. I didn't. I saw none of it.
1: None of it. I probably missed the Barbie commercial then at that point too. Yeah, that was probably. But around uh, there. listen, takeaway from the game was uh, man, when you look at the Rams, if at some point when you just delved into the Rams roster this year, there's, I mean, they had to be Super Bowl. Ch- I mean. If they could they not all do in. it with that roster, um, that would have been something. It was just it, it. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, all those guys really good. But man, that was a. Uh, it's just a with the amount of stars that the Rams have, especially on yeah. defense, it's incredible. I mean, you, you Miller, Donald, uh, and uh, and the cornerback. I'm having a brain fart. I can't think of his name. But um, it, it, those are three of the.
2: Ramsey?
1: Yeah, Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Those are, what, three of the top ten defensive players over the last decade? Yeah. Probably fair to
2: say. Um, but you also had to get it this year for LA. One, you're at home. Two, they are going to start getting hit with some salary cap issues. There are some guys with some yep. big old contracts. Um you're going to have to release some guys. There's gonna, You're probably going to have to trade away some money. Um, they gave up a bunch of draft picks to build this roster, so they don't have great draft picks over the next few, uh, few seasons. You've got some aging guys. You have guys contemplating retirement. It was this year or nothing.
1: Now, here's a question. Long ways until the next... Uh Football season, but we now know the Los Angeles Rams will open up the season on Thursday night because that's always yep. who do you want to see him play? A rematch. With four, I bet it's going to be a rematch with the 49ers. I bet that, but they're to bring the Cowboys in and get the ratings. Yeah. I know the Cowboys are on well, the schedule. And, and,
2: and your your favorites already going into next year are the Chiefs and Bills.
1: And I don't, the, you would put the Chiefs on, but I don't think they're on the schedule next year because right. the schedule, the opponents are already decided. But, um, yeah. Anyway, congrats to the Rams. Congrats to John Bishop. Yeah,
2: I'm sure we'll hear all about that on Wednesday. Yep. we will. Uh,
1: <laughs> he got a Cubs. Cha- he's got. Uh, he complains about how bad sports are for him. He got. He's got a Cubs championship. He's at several Rams Super Bowls, mm-hmm. right at this point. Time for everybody else to start. What else is he waiting
2: on? Life. He's got championships in like all the sports. I know. It's-
1: Who does he follow? Creighton for? Made the Sweet 16 last year. Who does he
2: follow for NASCAR? Like, how how I do you follow don't, teams? I, don't wanna, you know, I, I don't guess. Know.
1: No, I don't know.
3: Number four. I <laughs> simply don't care. Federal judge expected to <laughs> rule soon on whether Representative Jeff Fortenberry is going to stand trial in California or here in Nebraska. He's pleaded not guilty to charges alleging he lied to federal authorities who are investigating an illegal 2016 campaign contribution from a foreign national. That supposedly happened in California, so that's where the charges are, but his uh, interview... When he talked to the FBI, was here. So attorneys have filed motions to move it here. they would also want some of the things uh, kept out of the trial. I'm
1: uh, so I'm not.
3: I don't know how the judge
1: will rule on this. But of all of the pre-trial issues, this may be where, where Fortenberry's attorneys have tried to either exclude evidence or do some procedural moves or or get the thing moved or timeline stuff. This one. It, I think this one may be their best shot at having a significant change, significant change yeah with the with a change of venue based on the judge what the judge said about convenience and uh, all of that I mean I think they have they I mean the judge basically said there was enough of the transactions that are involved in the case for venue to be proper in California but he also opened the door essentially saying, but we don't. We're not going to drag somebody in here if, if it's a specifically inconvenient forum for the defendant in this case. So, I mean, Fort Fortenberry needs this. You get it in Nebraska. You now I don't know what that does to the timeline exactly. I think common thought is they're more likely to be able to get this thing done more quickly if it's in Nebraska. Which, of course, the scenario Fortenberry and it looks like he's going with this scenario is going to be he is. Uh, He's exonerated before the primary. That uh, would seem to be. I mean, it, that's, yeah. again, it's, there's, it's a little bit of a Hail Mary it's threading all these needles here. I'm going to give you every yeah. football cliche in the book, but to to be able to do that in time for the primary, be able to campaign on the fact that you're exonerated and fun, fundraise off that, and then go in on Mike Flood, who I think is going to be a fairly popular candidate. And he's, he's done more. He did more of the, uh, he released some more Immigration-related ads, as it pertained to Flood too, and kind of painting him as as someone who is not hard on immigration, particularly related. And they pulled out a clip of Dave Heineman in it. Did you see that ad? I, I haven't. Fortnberry pulled out a clip of Heineman who's endorsing Flood, where Heineman talked about how disappointed he was in Flood in what was that 2012 yeah. when it came to the prenatal care issue, and so but there's a
3: lot of moving parts to get that scenario to, to actually right. let me ask one question on the, on the change of venue. They're not having jury trials in California because of the covid. They are in Nebraska. Is right. that, would that be a factor as well? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the
1: arguments that is being made that are being made. I mean, part of the argument by the Fortenberry defense team is essentially that hey, he's got there are political ramifications for him to you know, expedite right. this. Um and that can happen here and so that, i mean they're being i mean they're being honest they're, they're saying that
3: as part of their argument so wonder. we will see
1: can you imagine if that thing gets moved here <laughs>
3: oh, oh man i wonder, wonder the if uh, the jury questionnaire <laughs> uh, claim a, or ask uh, what party are you affiliated with
1: that that would be interesting and you know what completely everyone i know has gotten jury duty have you been on jury du- duty yes. mark i'm sure yep. you have have you Caleb? nope i still and by the way, I'm going to get kicked off at any jury. I mean, I'm going to be kicked off so fast <laughs> of any possible jury there is after, for a variety of reasons. I haven't even gotten that letter. Everybody I know has gotten it multiple times, I've, it feels like. I've never like. gotten the letter. Uh, yeah, it, it, it hasn't come up yet.
3: So they funny. don't know whether you're a Lincoln resident or a Beatrice that's resident. That's probably it? Actually, that's it, what's happening. It?
2: You're getting all the Gage County yeah, Maybe letters. I'll get
1: on a Gage County ju- when I start hanging out at my summer home again more in the summer
2: good maybe you can help the county not just go into millions of dollars of debt and all that stuff hey just when you when
3: you go to the hardware store go to beatrice you know no no that's a bad idea that's bad we need the tax revenue
1: here listen i again you're welcome during the pandemic all those projects i did they always say tax receipts are up and i just say give a little wink and i say you're welcome state of nebraska (laughs) it's on me (laughs) in six dollar increments 43 times during a single Saturday.
3: Number three. Board of Regents University voted unanimously to end the ban on alcohol sales at athletic and other events. Uh, That policy went into effect in 1999. Um, This is the first step in allowing alcohol sales inside designated facilities and areas. Policy would allow the president and the chancellors to allow uh, alcohol if they feel it's the right direction for the university would also allow them to authorize alcohol advertising and sponsorships on university property okay is this is this
1: a one and done thing or is this a first step to something more it's really it is a, given the revenue that is possible with this given the way that some level of public i think opinion not all of it uh. but some level of public opinion has evolved on this and what's happening around the country man i would be i would be surprised if next time this year uh whether whether we're talking about basketball or baseball particularly that this isn't a reality yeah i'd I'd be surprised at this point i honestly would
2: yeah you're you're going to get this especially in your facilities that are already set up for alcohol sales because they either host another uh ball club that has alcohol sales at their events, or you just have events at the venue that have alcohol sales. So Pinnacle Bank Arena, Haymarket Park. So I think you're already set up for those. You're going to see those most likely, I would even guess, this next year. Outside chance of baseball later this spring. I don't know what kind of Impact the anyone, any of the decision makers are really looking at the Big Ten championships? Like how much that will play into a yes or no on going forward with other events? Football, you're not getting it this fall. Football, I
1: would say, you have It's just a totally different angle. To, football, on, I on top
2: of any other renovations to the stadium, you have to take care of that. You had staffing issues, which goes well beyond yeah. Memorial Stadium itself. Well, yeah. um, you had staffing issues with your concessions just for what you were already offering. If you add in alcohol sales, you have to staff that as well. Um, the people going up and down... How you're going to split up the stadium into alcohol, non-alcohol? It's a different spe-
1: infrastructure. Is potentially more problematic in a lot of ways yeah. than football's, the other two.
2: Football's going to get the headlines, and you're talking about Memorial yeah. Stadium, but that is not going to happen this next year. It's a couple years out because you got to figure out what's happening at Memorial Stadium. I would expect it. Baseball and basketball, both men's and women's, in the 2022-23 seasons.
3: Now, hey. it, it couldn't it also be though. It, they say anywhere in the on campus. Couldn't they set up a, like a beer garden outside Memorial Stadium in in a parking lot or something? I mean, it, that's a good question. And, yeah, and something like that. Oh, for that, sure, that, that, that's that, a good but question. But the, the, the real big thing for football will be the potential sponsorships. That's where that's yeah. Where the oh, man, everybody's be.
1: already mad that uh, that you know Nebraska is a Pepsi school instead of. I'm not because I love my diet Mountain Dew. I hope uh-huh. they stay Pepsi forever. But I'm in the minority there. What what happens when the the Bud Miller Coors fights start happening? <laughs> Here well, and, and, and there
2: are some folks that are upset about the idea of there being advertising at a collegiate sporting event. There was the Heartland Hoops Classic in Central Nebraska, high school basketball event. Saw plenty of pictures where that big old scoreboard in the middle of the arena has got Bud Light blasted across oh. it. Nobody was all that upset watching their teams hey, play because of that.
1: Real quick, I know we got to move on, but Mar- did you say it was unanimous? Yes. What are the chances this becomes a uh, discussion in the gubernatorial race? You may think hmm. of that. Uh, you, uh, you think Herbster would sick on that? I don't know. You, you, I mean, you know what I'm getting at, right? You know? Well, whichever
2: one goes first, they're going to make sure to argue uh, about whoever oh. said they were for it first. Uh,
1: and by the way, did you see Pillen did go with the uh, Husker football ad that the we Oklahoma knew ad. had to be in the pipeline? It was a pretty good ad. I'm not going to lie; it was. A, uh, you know, the walking around hunting thing is not. Uh, you're obviously not catering to me with that ad, but football was a pretty good one. I chuckled. He
2: was. It was the best ad he's had so far.
1: Depending on who you are, sure, there's a lot of a lot of people who like the gun one too. Just uh, trying to find a different <laughs> part of the demo.
3: Number two, authorities in New Zealand have been playing Barry Manilow's greatest hits in an attempt to dislodge protesters <laughs> camped outside the Parliament <laughs> building. The uh, singers being played on a 15 minute loop, along with a Spanish dance tune, Macarena. Hey,
1: da da, da, da. Hi. Hi.
3: The demonstrators, though, who are mad about COVID nineteen vaccine mandates, uh, doing their own in reverse. They've got uh, they're playing Twisted Sisters. Oh, we're not going
1: to. Okay, it's really it's like early Barry Manilow. The worst thing you can find to torture. I mean, you know,
3: no, the very, Macarena is the so.
1: Macarena might be. Well, they also I found some more articles about this. They also played Baby Shark uh, over over and over again. Which this does, Caleb and Mark lead us to a potential request line Friday topic best songs to disperse protesters with
3: timey kangaroo down sport
1: (laughs) okay yeah you've already you already played that basically mark that's what you introduce every week on request line (laughs) friday is breakup protester songs well, You're going to be in charge of that if that's ever an lot. issue here. Thanks a lot. I'm sorry. I <laughs> think I've got a...
2: <laughs> This is Mark's wheelhouse.
1: Mark's just going to. You know what Mark would play? I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. And, and it was, it'd be like during like the
3: I just like that song because it irritates the crap exactly. out of you. Exactly. That's why I said you
1: should be the head of music anti protest. Whatever position that is, exactly.
3: Actually, the one that would t- even set you off more is they're coming to take me away. Oh huh? yeah, that,
1: yeah. Really, <laughs> Barry Manilow, the Macarena. I'm going to start doing the Macarena dance. Hey, you outdoor. Hey, come on, New Zealand, be better.
3: <laughs> Number one. R.I.P. Kellen. Uh, uh, not wow. dead, just dead to us. <laughs> Momentum for Nebraska's first conference win of the season lasted three and a half days. Iowa took advantage of a 42-10 run in the first half, cruised to a 98-75 victory. Hour of the women yeah, took care of Ohio State. They lost to Ohio State. They beat Illinois. Yeah, they beat Illinois. Uh, Okay. I can't read my own. Sorry, but tonight is... But anyway, they won.
2: Yes. Tonight's huge.
3: That's all Tonight
2: is like the game of the year. Number seven, Indiana. At home, this this can set you up for where... And Indiana is on top of the Big Ten. Right. This is a game that you can show where you what improvement you've made and not only is it what the long term effects are what's happening the rest of the season you need some stuff to go right against a good opponent because yeah. Nebraska since playing Iowa where you were really in a shootout and like the offense was still clicking Nebraska's offense has not played well they played a little bit better on Saturday but it's a bad Illinois team right. go do good go do some good things against a really quality opponent tonight at home in your own building top 10 Indiana you can carry some a lot of momentum out of this.
1: You win this one and you start talking about seeding instead of making the field of the tournament. And I think they're in right now, yeah. but but that you win this one and you start talking about oh my god, because that's gonna get that NET mm-hmm. ranking up there and you start looking at having a maybe getting a good spot in the NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, and you get this, you're not only talking about single digit seed, you're talking about are you a top top eight? Now that's not like in volleyball where um, are you a high enough seed that you're hosting a regional type right. of thing? But are you in a position to get a good enough seed to where
1: your first round draw you're is not favored, terrible? Essentially, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, I mean, it'd be great if you get in that, you know, like that six ish range. Yes, absolutely. So that'd be really nice. 756 take a break. That is it for your morning drive. And it is brought to you by our friends at Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN
0: are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Four days from now,
1: Munch Madness Selection Show. Be there. Brought to you by the University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. This is the time. There's no other time to help us put together the Field of 64. What restaurant do you believe deser- deserves to get in? Maybe they didn't get in last year. This year is their chance. It's 8 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. From the
0: Muffgren. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. I start walking your way, you start walking mine. We need in the middle.
1: All right, welcome back. 811 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, February 14th, 2022. 28 degrees in the capital city. We're joined Monday mornings at 810 to talk about what's going on in government, Nebraska, the city, and what's going on in life with Tim Haruza. Good morning, Tim. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy valentine's day to you knowing knowing your you know current state of life and busyness i'm sure you have wildly romantic valentine's day plans for tonight
4: ah yes um (laughs) they uh, there may I don't know a heart shaped pizza
1: might get ordered. We'll see. You got to order those early. <laughs> you got to order those early. I mean, they've had the signs <laughs> have, up for they a only month. Make so many of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've missed out on them because my my kids are like, let's get a heart shaped pizza, and I'm like, isn't that just less pizza? I mean, I can take the pizza cutter when we get home, and I can cut it to have a heart, and I'll just eat the sides. Um, but you know that never wins out. So I'm just telling you, you might want to. You might want to get on that, but yeah, that is that—that's that, the depiction of uh, the Valentine's Day with the fam in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> the heart shaped
4: Actually, pizza. I actually think we got a uh, Costco pot pie uh, queued up for the
1: evening, yes, so. on a yes. On a nice cold winter's <laughs> night, a warming pot pie when it's uh, forty forty five and su- forty five and sunny 50, 50, 50. <laughs> okay good. good hey, I want to ask you, uh, you you've got you've got a good understanding of of sort of the university of nebraska system governance and and the regents and, and I'm curious about your reaction to the vote at the end of last week about uh alcohol at uh the big Ten wrestling tournament and just kind of what you for what what the process is like going forward here and and whether or not it likely leads to a, a step of having alcoholic games beyond just this wrestling tournament
4: well I mean it's a series of baby steps right in um, response to a reality jack um it's <laughs> it's the reality of sports and sports as entertainment. In 2022, I mean the the writing's sort of been on the wall for a number of years with this um, in college athletics. I think, um, and I think, look, ne- Nebraska's Nebraska hasn't. I mean, I, I still remember the first time. You know, heck, the first time I had alcohol at any sort of sporting event was like the 2009 Gator Bowl, and I was just like floored by it. Like, what? <laughs> you can have you can have out. Al- and I'm, I'm not kidding. Like before that, I you know hadn't I, I maybe gone to a Royals game when I was a kid at one point in time, and that wasn't you know wasn't a ton of alcohol around at that point. You know, at that at that experience when you're young. So it's like my first experience in 2009, and it, it's a it's a different thing to watch a college football game um, with a drink. Uh, but that's what 13 years ago now. Since then, and I was in a professional stadium down in Jacksonville, so it's a different type of venue too it's a stadium that's sort of designed for it Um, and i think that has a lot to play a lot that goes into it there so that's where i say like first of all i think nebraska is taking a step that the rest of the world has been taking over the last couple of decades um and and with entertainment i mean heck when when you are competing with an 80-inch television, right, in someone's basement with a leather couch that reclines and, you know, um, all of those sort of things, the stadium experience matters, uh, especially when the product, right, (laughs) Um, uh, until that product gets a little bit better, too. You got to do something to make sure that people still want to come out on Saturday. So um, that's football, I guess, but there's a, a whole bunch of other opportunities and different, uh, entertainment options, right, that Nebraska needs to get people into the stadium for. There's also an additional revenue stream. Beyond that, it's just a baby step, right? So we see how it goes. Uh, the Garth Brooks thing was sort of an experiment last That's fall, true. and I think everybody sort of knew that was – that part of that was like, hey, let's see what it looks like. Um, I think a concert on a Saturday night with – one of the greatest entertain- entertainers that has ever lived, like maybe the greatest in country music without question, but one of the greater shows that you're going to see for Nebraskans too. That was a huge experiment in how alcohol goes at Memorial Stadium. Um, the university, I'm sure, was watching it closely, and, and they, I'm sure they learned a lot of lessons. Alcohol at a wrestling event, I, I don't think that's going to like break down the barriers of like hey this opens the floodgates to allowing it i think there are some small things i know i think i heard in caleb's cast was talking a little bit about maybe baseball baseball makes sense to me jack you got a couple thousand fans at most out at haymarket in a venue that is designed for a semi-professional experience where there is alcohol available right um a couple of nights a week there's alcohol there and then when the college guys are playing it's you know, the, the beer stand is closed. So I don't think it's a huge um, change to just kind of turn those taps on and make it happen. Same with Pinnacle Bank Arena, right? Yeah. A venue that's designed for it that yeah. regularly has it. So I think we start taking some baby steps, right? You have maybe open up baseball this spring or or whatever. Um, you start looking at, at opportunities at PBA. And I don't think we have booze at Memorial Stadium next fall. But that's just, I mean... Yeah, I, I would be shocked if that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a couple of years before we do that, and I think it takes the stadium renovation. If it, um, but I could be, I could be way wrong. If it that.
1: goes in steps, that's definitely last. But I, do you? But the way the vote, and I think the vote was unanimous by the Regents for for this. I, I, does that surprise you at all? Did you think there would be more pushback for the Regents? Is that? Do you, kind of forecast what they're gonna how what they're gonna do on this issue going forward, or at least in terms of any strong opposition to it.
4: I think it reflects two things. So one, no, I don't think you're gonna have strong opposition to it. Period. Right. I mean, I think if you were gonna have that, Jack, we'd have seen it already. We would have seen it when this thing was announced immediately. Uh, folks coming out of the woodwork with a, a ton of opposition, or kind of the whole, you know whatever whatever moralistic or other argument you want to make about it. Um, I, I think Coach Osborne made his comments. I think people kind of look to him as a leader on these issues. And, yeah, if you, if you open it up to that, it's going to change the event. It's going to make it look different and feel different. It's going to be a little bit different. But it's also, like I said, a reality in 2022, and I think the vote reflects that, right? right. It also reflects some trust in leadership. So, so the mm. regents made the vote to change the policy, and then they're kind of trusting the, they're trusting the athletic department, they're trusting the chancellors, they're trusting the president to take the baby steps, right, to not do anything um, that's gonna, that they're going to regret doing in the future, right? Um, and here's the deal, too, Jack. Like, it's a toothpaste out of the tube thing. Like, once you start doing it, um, once you start right. making those steps forward, it's going to be really hard to put it back. These people are going to expect it. And like I said, when you're competing with that, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy-inch television with surround sound that people can have in their homes nowadays, it, we're we're a far cry away from where I was as a kid with you know only a few games a year on TV and you're listening to it on the radio, there um, or, or pay-per-view even. It's very different when it's on TV all the time. Everything, all yeah.
1: the time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um... How big of a, I know you may not know the details of this, but is this, like, is this a game changer for revenue if it if it happens, or is it just a nice little nice little extra thing and it makes more people likely to go to games?
4: I don't, you know, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't know. Um, I know there was some numbers of, like, you're, like I said, the, the only marker that you really have at all for Nebraska, period, is that Garth Brooks concert. And I don't know if that's even, like, a really good or, Marker for any of this, yeah. like I said, a concert on a Saturday with ninety thousand people is a whole different type of environment and a different reason that you're going out. Um, they sold a ton of beer there. Um, I I think there's money in the revenue, but like I said, I I think it's kind of one of those uh, one of those things that even though even if you're not getting the dollars off of, if you're not getting the direct cash injection that you get from a ten dollar can of beer. Um, you do get. So you, you, you bring out people, right? You bring them to the games. You help bolster ticket sales because it's a little bit more of an experience or an entertainment type thing rather than just going for a football game. Right. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how much of it is driven by the actual cash that they expect to get from selling, you know, a couple hundred beers at a baseball game or something like that, as much as it's just, hey, you know, younger audience, me. Uh, you know, 35-year-old uh, with a couple of kids, like, yeah, I'll, I'll drink a beer while I watch Nebraska baseball on a Saturday afternoon. Um, but, like, it's just a – that might be – it's not necessarily something that entices you, but it's something that you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's yeah. an experience, right? Something yeah. to do with family, and it's not a huge
1: deal. So Bigger public celebration. They add alcohol to sporting events, or they switch from Pepsi to Coke. <laughs> i uh, th- i would argue that uh switching away from adidas oh okay we're going outside of the beverage world i don't know the coke the, the coke people are that is that is a loyal crowd i did not i did not realize, and and by the way i'm on the minority side of this one uh because I diet Mountain Dew is surging through my veins, and I can get it at Husker events, and that's I'm happy with that. Mountain
2: Dew keeps me alive for those eight p.m. Tuesday night tips. You, you, you got,
1: you've got all these people that they want Coke and Diet Coke and, di- and all all this Coke stuff, and I'm like, man, if you take my Diet Mountain Dew away, I am going to be. I mean, I don't care about uh, alcohol as much as I do Diet Mountain Dew <laughs> being being available at those games. So. The
4: fact, the fact that Coke. Cannot push a product that competes with with Mountain Dew is incredible to me. It's like Mellow Yellow exists and it's nowhere, right? So yeah. it's not. I mean, it's not that good, but not, I mean, Mountain Dew is the pull, right? So that's what keeps Pepsi in so many conversations is the fact that they have Mountain Dew, Diet Mountain Dew. But College kids love Mountain Dew,
1: um, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Pretty soon, I, it, pretty I don't s- want to
4: be a Coke campus.
1: No, we're fine. Oh wow, we yeah, are we the we are the. Ri- God, we, you realize what a deep minority we're in on this position? <laughs> we are such a minority on this position. Which, see, by- see,
4: here's the thing: if, if you get Diet Pepsi and Diet Mountain Dew, or regu- like Mountain Dew and Pepsi, Diet Pepsi are like,
1: like those are the go-to. You don't need Diet Coke. Oh, Diet. Um, uh, listen, you want to hear a shock jock take right here? Diet Cola's ranked Coke zero one. Yeah, I'll say that Diet Pepsi two. Diet Coke. Four million. i mean i i just it's not even i i do not understand the I, diet coke people. doesn't
2: have anything to compete with code red <laughs> and,
1: and and live Wire and just everything okay, Mountain yeah, Dew okay millennial that's
2: enough
4: <laughs> i was gonna
1: say i don't yeah I'm, uh, <laughs> uh Okay, I only got like a a, a couple of minutes left, but are we gonna what, what's the what's the big story of the legislature gonna what's the big issue of the legislature as we get close to the end for priority bills and and that kind of thing? I still don't really have a great feel for for it this year. Well, I
4: think we're going to spend the first few days of the week this week talking about income tax um, rates, right? So there's a bill that would cut income tax rates across the board. Um, That'll be a huge discussion for the first few parts of the week. It's probably likely to see a filibuster, um, just like every other bill that we've had scheduled so far this year. A ton of filibusters that we've been working our way through since the legislature started in January. Um, Vaccines, they found a compromise on the vaccine bill, so that continues to move its way through the legislature. I mean, here's the deal, Jack. We are... I don't know, almost what twenty day twenty-five or something like that uh, of sixty days. The priority bill designation deadline next first part of next week, like next Tuesday or something like that, um, maybe a week from today or tomorrow. Uh, we are we are out of time, right? So um, I was I was on a call with Speaker Hilgers a week or so ago, and he was telling the group there, like if you look at the bills now. That are on the floor and prioritized just priority bills that people have already designated, not the ones that are waiting, you know, until right. the deadline. But if you look at those bills that are designated and you look at how many filibusters there are to, or likely law, extended debate period, I, the speaker said, like, he's scheduled out through March, like through the first week of March already in terms of floor time. So um, we're. We're going to, you know, April 20th is the drop dead date. We got a budget to get passed with a billion dollars in ARPA spending that needs to get settled. Um, It's going to be a long slog. It's going to be slow and it's going to be, I think it's going to end up being, you know, high tension and stuff. uh, As it always is, you know, nothing surprising there. But here's the thing too, Jack, I've been doing this for a lot of years. I have never, at this point, with a week to go before priority designation deadline, seen this many senators already designate their priority bill.
1: Okay.
3: So,
4: people sort of came to work this year with an idea of what they wanted to do, knowing there was little time on, you know, on the yep. calendar, and that, that things were going to be hot button, and things were going to end up taking taking it to a filibuster. So, wow. that's been the the most operandum around here, and.
3: All right. Well,
4: speaking of know. filibusters, I got go. to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, have a good one, Tim. We'll talk to you next week, all right? It's, Bye, Jack. It's
0: 25 on KLIN. Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. On 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back. 840 on LNK Today
1: with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you with us. February 14th, 2022. Day after the Super Bowl, New York Post headline. Snoop Dogg smokes weed right before star-studded Super Bowl 2022 halftime show. They actually have a picture. Would it have been more of a breaking story, like headline worthy from the New York Post if he hadn't done that? I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Who could have seen that coming? (laughs) But, in fact, uh, yes, that was the case. But it brings me back to a conversation that I had with a couple of people last night, and then Caleb here, and uh, we have fun with the different generations that are represented in the show, which, by the way, reminder, season finale of Generation Collaboration on Thursday, on Ticket Thursday, so your last chance to represent your gen uh on generation collaboration when i didn't get any tickets.
2: no millennials called this last no millennials
1: week. last week and you have opened the door for me to take season one here uh with i'm oh, um, one game behind you last if, I can, if I can go two and oh and you either don't play or don't win uh gen x oh. takes it gen x takes it so uh but anyway you know there were there were these tweets last night from people who are uh slightly younger than me more than caleb's generation uh after this the halftime show which I thought was like I was like oh my goodness because I was in a room with my my mom and my sister and my wife and my kids and I when it started I was like I can tell you guys now I'm gonna be the only person in this room who likes this halftime show uh, <laughs> for a variety of reasons. <laughs> the parts of it my son liked but yeah but I, I think that was that was probably generally the case or who I felt it was targeted to is is yeah. my gen- and then I saw uh, I, I heard and saw uh, a lot of wise saying. Finally finally millennials were the focus of the Super Bowl halftime show. What finally we were catered to <laughs> and we are never catered to with these sorts of things with halftime shows and, and in entertainment and I was like what? I'm not
2: saying we were the focus.
1: Oh, okay, tell me tell me the theory that I am misunderstanding because you told me something during the break and I thought it was terrible and wrong
2: so yeah that's kind of in general when we talk back and forth um but no the 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 general thought at least from what i was gathering from the rest of my generation um i didn't disagree wholeheartedly from them either was that when we saw the performers for this halftime show was that it was more of a realization that our generation is hitting the demo that is being targeted for the halftime show and that's making us feel old because growing up at least a lot of them that we're remembering especially paul mccartney it was not aimed
1: at even the older millennials right a- a- agreed but i would argue encounter the the x's have been skipped in this for the most part you just look at super bowl shows we've been catering to you guys a bunch with these. I'm sorry Pearl Jam hasn't done a halftime. Exactly. time. Where's that? Isn't that, is that more <laughs> narrow casted than what we had yesterday? Which I, I liked, but is that any more narrow casted than that? It was, I mean, you got more, I mean, where's the. Do okay. you
2: just want Dave Grohl to come out for 15 minutes by himself?
1: Uh, that'd be, okay. So let, let's go through here. So let's start in, I don't know, when we. you, what year were you born? I was born in 90. Okay. So let's start. Let's see who they were. Did they ever hit X in the transition from going from boomers to what I believe is a focus on wise? Let's see. Ninety-five. Patty LaBelle, Teddy Pendergrass, Tony Tony Bennett, (laughs) Arturo Sandoval, and the Miami Sound Machine. Boomers. Nineteen ninety-six. Diana Ross. That's for boomers. Okay. Uh, Ninety-seven. Blues Brothers zz top james brown Uh, i mean i
2: mean at least you had dan Aykroyd, john
1: goodman and jim belushi primarily primarily boomers okay (laughs) uh 98 it was a salute to motown so again generally but they did throw boys to men in there they were popular at the time okay we got thrown a bone there that year. But it was <laughs> then it was Smokey, Smokey Robinson, Martha Reeves, the Temptations Queen Queen Latifah, I guess, you're throwing there in the Grambling State University marching band. Which by the way, Smokey Robinson's great. Temptations, incredible. Marching all all great. But just in in evaluating They're not your targeting theorem, you guys, I get your it. Your theorem. Ninety nine. Gloria Estefan, pretty I mean, maybe a little. Stevie Wonder, I mean, every, by the way, when again I predicted this on the air before, and I hope it's a long time in the future. But when Stevie Wonder dies, the amount of people that are going to discover his music and mm-hmm. think it's awesome mm-hmm. is going to it is it, everything is going to chart again. It's going to be it should happen now when he's alive, but it's going to take that to happen.
2: By the way, all of these that that you're going through right now have been put on by Radio City Music Hall.
1: Oh, okay. You so, mean they were the they produced it essentially?
2: Yeah, so okay. when you when you're talking about who's producing it, that to me has a major impact on who they're targeting with it. Okay. Cuz think of the, some of the older ones when it was the Walt Disney company and they're playing the Mickey
1: Mouse Clubhouse theme Oh yeah, Up with theme. people, yeah, that kind of stuff. I know we got I started it kind of when they got more into the For, con, the yeah. concert type thing when we were in Okay. Uh so we're in 2000 now, mm-hmm. okay? You guys are, uh, you, you? the Millennials are, you know, 10, 12 years old maybe at this point. Well, right?
2: I'm I'm 10, but by that point, you've got 18, 19-year-olds right, for so Millennials. So you've got the they? early 80s All that right. have been born.
1: Uh, Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, uh, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton. Okay, that's about half Boomer, half X. Probably. Probably. Uh, 2001, Aerosmith, and NSYNC. Okay, it... Sync is there we are already in 2001 we throw a bone to the Xers and we throw a bone so it's half and half there yeah and a little and, and a little bit boomers with with Aerosmith 2002 you too okay that's us <laughs>
2: yeah, you right. don't get any excuse on that one okay and that was before they went and put their entire okay, album that, on our iPhone that's us. I will never forget
1: 2003 for that. Shania Twain no doubt that's that one's definitely us um <laughs> Two thousand four, Jessica Simpson, Janet Jackson, P. Diddy, Nelly, Kid Rock. That's that's about half and half there. Yeah, they, that's about half and half. Like like I'm I'm certainly well, enjoying that. Show. And then, yeah. but that was like three in a row. Okay, there was three in a row for X's somewhat wise, and then it's time. But then it's time to get the boomers hooked back in. Paul McCartney, <laughs> the Rolling Stones, and then they went too far that direction. Two years in a row. Again, great ba- great bands, but who are you appealing to with that? Then Prince, hello, the Xers are back for Prince. Hey, I will still that, okay, argue that Prince though, is when, pure. X.
2: When you go back to Paul McCartney in 05, when he was singing "Hey Jude" with the whole
1: stadium, yeah. that moment is very oh, was awesome. Cool. Oh, so many of these were good. The Stones were good too. Um, and then, okay, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, okay, that's us. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen and the Eastern Band, okay, that's us. Okay, maybe I was. Then the Who, oh man, the Who, which is maybe a little X, but mainly boomers. But then here we go. Oh man, I'm gonna start to. This is really okay, gonna roll in. Too there much. you go. 2011, you get the Black Eyed piece. That's all. Millen- that's Wait, millennial. Do you see the special guests for that? By the way, Usher, millennial <laughs> slash eh, X. Yeah, they
2: dip their toes back a little they bit for you. Toes
1: slash was there. I don't even remember that. Oh, man, this next one. Oh, Madonna? I forgot this. Madonna. Okay, definitely X.
2: Um, special guests on that, LMFAO. Why? Cirque du Soleil, which
1: they're just performing. Yeah, Nicki Minaj. Why? M.I.A. Why? CeeLo Green. Why? <laughs> oh, man. They tried to take the X and put them with the Ys on that. Uh-huh. 2013, Beyonce. Why? They brought
2: on they little Destiny's little Child. When the end when got...
1: brother as the Destiny's yeah. Child. Yeah. Uh. Bruno Mars, I mean, Bruno Mars is such has such a high Q rating that yeah. I don't even know who that's targeted to exactly.
2: And he had some Red Hot Chili Peppers.
1: Yeah, and Red Hot Chili Peppers with them getting just getting a little X security there. You got Katy Perry, Y, mm-hmm. Lenny Kravitz, eh, X probably Miss, Miss y- Elliott, X absolutely X. Okay, then the next year, how do you where do you put this one? <laughs> who were they going for with Coldplay?
2: Coldplay That was a <sighs> I'm thinking Coldplay you you're going mid to older millennial. Yeah,
1: that's what I thought too. That's 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 where and that's and, my, and,
2: I, and maybe some of like the younger ex.
1: I was in when Coldplay first got big. I was in in like in my mid 20s. It was it was when I was in law Some school, people so. hate Coldplay. Yeah. They added though Beyonce, Bruno Mars to that one. So solidifying Mm -hmm. that x y divide uh okay 2017 lady gaga
3: yeah again
1: primarily primarily millennials but i think probably appreciation from up and down yeah i think an X's are enjoying yeah all right 18 justin timberlake okay that's all you all you yep right you you don't disagree with that no that's yeah maroon five all you correct yeah I mean when did Maroon 5 hit? 2003? Yeah, early 2000s. Right in your right in your teenage years.
2: Yeah, so I would have been yeah, they would have blown up when I was about 12, 13 and then you have the those that are still in my generation that are like 8 years older than me.
1: And then they added in Travis Scott for you. Yep. Actually for the Zs. That I mean that's the first time we're starting to get for the Zs You there. know what? Yeah. That's the first time Z's got to throw it, and Big Boy back to oh, the action. Yeah, I was gonna say that's Big Boy. That's going back was, your way. I was very excited about that. Although I
2: was, I was pumped for that. U- upset though, when if you're gonna bring out Big Boy, you got to find Andre. Yeah, Three thousand. I, I agree.
1: I agree. Uh, and then uh, let's see. So 2020 was Shakira. Box, uh, love below. Yes. Yes. Shakira and Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. That one. Uh, uh, well, I mean,
2: X Y on that
1: yeah, yeah more yeah more why but but then they threw in bad bunny and J balvin um which are, are probably more known by z but yep. that was thrown because it was a they were doing a it was kind of a, a spanish-speaking thing and it was in miami that year mm-hmm. um and shakir's colombian j-lo is, is puerto rican uh and then then the weekend last year so that's z's kay? yeah that, that's gonna that, be
2: pretty, that's z i think millennials like
1: the weekend, yeah, That's but the,
2: but that's the first one that you look at and you go, oh, Z's are pumped.
1: Yeah, and then last year, uh, this year, I guess yesterday, last night, Dre, <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. That's I guess that's one of those X Y straddlers that we talked about on on some of the other ones.
2: And then you kept the kept the Z's just entertained enough by having Kendrick the Lamar. The
1: last time that they reached out to the Boomers, uh, no, not 2015 was Katy Perry. No. Bruno Mars, not. Re- I mean, I think people appreciate it, but not really the uh, the era. No, a Madonna, not really. That's more X, Black Eyed Peas. No, not not since the Who. The Who in twenty ten. It's just interesting to see how the target shifts in who they're marketing to with their and selections. Because like, they'll, they'll dip a little so sp- forward,
2: dip a little back, but it has been predominantly. Like we're we're starting to see Ys really become that, and then dipping back so with the
1: X. This idea that I, I heard heard, finally, they're they're marketing to millennials with this thing. Mm-hmm. Come on, and I'll I'll say for my part, probably the same. Uh, I I have overrated that. Too. The ones with the axe to grind are the boomers here at this point. Which part of the reason is a lot of them aren't around anymore mm-hmm. at this point. But because who, who? Where you, can you go? Who are you grabbing for those performances? You no, know you get. By the way, you know who he get to wrap up his farewell tour next Elton. year. Elton. 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 I mean, I want to get more on his plate, having have more stressed out about. It. We got to get him to Lincoln.
2: Well, and I know he did one song, but you grab his countrymen, and I they're not going to do a Christmas song, but grab Ed Sheeran and go out there. With oh yeah, help. they
1: can pair him up, but it, yeah, ha- it's. I think who do the boomers need to get uh, to to get back in the game on this thing? Uh, with our thought about generation collaboration who you know bring mccartney back you already did that one i don't think you're
2: bringing mccartney get, back.
1: get get ringo and mccartney together come on and then capitalize on that documentary uh, i'm telling you there's a lot more people who are interested <laughs> after that that documentary come mm-hmm. uh, uh, get Lennon's, uh get julian Lennon, or get what you know and get one of george harrison's kids uh, with that they wouldn't do that
2: I think we're to the point though they wouldn't you, do that. you are going to not get any grunge at all you're you're going to have gone through that whole era and you're not going to get any of it
1: is that more narrow casted than Is uh, first of all will Seattle ever host if Seattle ever hosts one which I doubt they will because of weather uh-huh. but if Seattle ever hosts one it's a no brainer
2: you gotta go it's that a way a little right?
1: right we'll see we'll see but anyway fascinating to see i'm curious though if you were trying to go back i mean nothing since the who bring back the remaining beach boys Uh, i don't know it's a good question it's an interesting question
2: i I don't know who to get because right now as as you've started to get a little bit more for the the
1: stones would be one too but they've you know they've done it and they're
2: we're going to get to the point where we're even fading out what what's being catered towards gen
1: x Yeah, prince prince and tom petty are gone no you'll
2: you'll have maybe some guest appearances but you're not going to have gen x headliners right a whole bunch yeah.
1: going forward so you get it all now enjoy you and my son it's about time we inherited all right. something all right well, somebody said led zeppelin Brad and fox hell said let that be something yeah sort of a arena reunif- reunification there i don't know Eddie Van Halen's gone now. Ah, bring Wham back, but George Michael died. Oh, this is sad. Huh. All right, we'll take okay. a break. If you think of one, I'll send uh, send an email to uh, to help the Boomers out with this. Get a Super Bowl <laughs> halftime back catered to them again. Eight fifty five on KLIN.
0: I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for The Daily at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All
1: right. That's it for the show today. Got a great week, though. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Top 5 Tuesday. Talk to John Baylor as well. Wednesday. What chapter hide? Talk to Lincoln Symphony Orchestra. John Bishop. I don't know if he'll have recovered from his celebration yet. For the Rams <laughs> winning by then. Uh, our, like I said, our season Ender for, for a while. For Generation Collaboration on Thursday, for Ticket Thursday. And then Friday. Don't forget Friday is a couple of things. Munch Madness Selection Show, no request line Friday. If you want to see your restaurant in the bracket that you like, you've got to show out for them on Friday and tell your friends yes. to do it too. We can't, we're not going to hear you whine after the fact they didn't get in. So tell everybody, tell the restaurants, make sure they're aware that Selection Show is Friday. And then you go on to the baseball season on on uh, on the bone for the first game.
0: <laughs> Almost did it. It's
1: 9 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln.